are living your story right now in this moment. You know, no two stories are alike. We are all unique. We all have a different lens through which we see the world. We all have something to contribute, to share, to be. That uniqueness takes courage. It's not easy to stand in your truth. It's not easy to let yourself be vulnerable, to be really seen, to be really heard. So many of us hide. So many of us stay hidden. So many of us make the choice to step forward, to own who we are, to own our stories, to share our voice. The tide is turning. We're moving into a space of deeper vulnerability, courage, authenticity, and love. We're moving closer to greater self-love, self-acceptance, honesty, and empowerment. To get there, to get to that space, means we have to authentically share who we are. It means we have to authentically show up as our true selves. The magic is in sharing who you are. The magic is in sharing your story. That's where this series comes in. Own your voice. Love yourself. Stay true to your story. Dive deep into your vulnerability. Shine in your authenticity. Once you do, there's no stopping you. Stay honest. Stay brave. Stay true to who you are. Welcome to Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. My story. It seems a little strange to me that people would be interested or even inspired by me or any story that I have to tell. It has come to my attention, though, that I couldn't be more wrong. My story starts in August of 2014. I had just started back to work after the birth of my second child. I was working as the head wardrobe stylist at an entertainment news program. The job was always stressful, but I went back to it with a renewed sense of excitement, hoping that this time it would be different. I had been there for seven years and also had my daughter while working there in 2010. I remember going back then with the same hope that somehow it would be completely different when I returned. Alas, it was not. It was a horrible, stressful place to work, and I quickly became overwhelmed by the pressure of trying to be great at my job and still be a good wife and mother. Pretty soon, I wasn't doing any of those things well and had lost sense of who I was. Most nights, I would cry to my husband about the ridiculous nature of my job. In September of 2014, my husband and I had made the choice that I would step away from my job in order to find myself and get a new place in the job world. I took a few weeks to get back to being me, and then I turned to what I wanted to do. I decided to start my own personal styling business. I was so excited by the prospect of being my own boss, of making my own hours, and being able to do things like volunteer at my children's schools. Of course, all of that would come with a different price because my income was always the constant in our house. We knew we'd have to adjust, but the happiness we hoped this life would offer us would make it worth it. 
After my husband built my website, we launched my business in January of 2015. It was hard and it was scary. I'll never forget my first client going to a complete stranger's house to do a closet audit. It didn't take me long to realize that this is what I should have moved to a long time ago. I felt so fulfilled, appreciated, and most of all, happy. It took a little over a year to get into the swing of things to consistently book three to five clients a week. We had to make a lot of changes, but the happiness it brought to me and my family made it all seem worth it. In September of 2016, just when my business was really catching its stride, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I remember this day like it was yesterday. I knew what they were going to tell me. It had been 48 hours since the mammogram, ultrasound, and biopsy. My guess was is that they don't move quite that fast when they aren't sure there's something to be concerned about. about. I was diagnosed with DCIS, one of the most common and treatable breast cancers. It was found in my right side and then after an MRI in my left side as well. I was told that my surgery, a double mastectomy, would remove the cancer and I should be fine. I was told by my doctor while crying hysterically that, Amy, this is not going to kill you and you are going to be okay. Nothing can really prepare you for a diagnosis of any kind, but in the big picture, I tried to stay positive and feel lucky it would be relatively easy. When trying to explain my diagnosis to our daughter, who was then six, we even called it easy peasy cancer, to which she replied, mommy, this is impossible. You're the healthiest person in our family. Uh, Actually, she was right. I ate well, I exercised, and when they tested me for genetic markers, I had none. I also, it also did not run in my family. So it was just a fluke, lucky me. In November of 2016, I had my surgery. It was, as expected, a difficult time, the least of which was not being able to lift or carry either of my kids for 12 weeks. My son, the youngest, who was two and a half, took it the hardest. But in the weeks that followed, I was healing nicely and coming to terms as much as I could with my new self. Then I received a call from my surgical oncologist who explained to me that during the biopsy of what they had taken out, they had found a second type of breast cancer, this one more aggressive. It was very small, but as she explained to me, if this type of cancer is found in a scan, it is too late to be quote-unquote cured. They can only extend your life until the cancer takes over. In my case, the amount was so small, more surgeries and chemotherapy would be the next step. In the months between the surgeries and the chemo starting, I went back and forth about not wanting anyone to know and sharing my journey via social media, hoping somehow it would make a difference in my life or somebody else's. I realized when I faced what was happening to me and spoke about it, it was therapeutic and I really needed that. So in January of 2017, I announced my diagnosis on Facebook and Instagram. I also started chemo the same month. I could immediately... I could see immediately that I had made the right decision. The support and love I received for myself and my family was so overwhelming. It really does take a village. Going through this with two small children did not give me the opportunity to curl up in a corner and cry, even though sometimes I did that when no one was around. My husband, Matthew, and I wanted as much as possible to maintain a somewhat normal life for them. I felt like we mostly succeeded in doing that. 
So when you're diagnosed with cancer and you have to go through chemotherapy, the doctors give you a big pamphlet before you start with all the medicines your therapy will include and all of the possible side effects. Needless to say, it's more than a little intimidating. And of course I thought, I'm going to be strong and kick this cancer right in the ass. I'm not going to have any of these problems. Nope, not me. Well, I had my first treatment on a Wednesday, and by Saturday evening, it hit me like a ton of bricks. The children creeped out of their room to the sight of me throwing up all over the kitchen floor. I could not stand up to make it to the bathroom. Unfortunately, it got worse from there, and our house is too small to try and hide in a room somewhere so they wouldn't have to see me going through that. The good news is, I snapped back that first time pretty quickly, so three weeks later, we could take my daughter to Legoland to celebrate her sixth birthday. I had cut my hair short so that transitioning to the hair loss was easier. I had very long, pretty nice hair. It was kind of my thing. The doctor said that the hair would fall out about three weeks after the first treatment. Sure enough, it started falling out at Legoland, but I was prepared with cute beanies and scarves. My daughter and I were getting on a ride together, and when we sat down to put the seatbelts on, the attendant said, I need you to take off your beanie and leave it in this cubby until you finish the ride. I could feel my daughter's stress about me taking the beanie off and clumps of hair possibly coming with it. I took the beanie off proudly, she held my hand, and we had a great time on the ride. That Monday, my friend and hairstylist Sarah offered to come by my house to shave my head. It was both terrifying and oddly relieving. Most of my daughter's anxiety about me having cancer once she knew it wouldn't kill me was my hair loss. I think it scared her as much as it scared me. I showed up that day to pick her up at school with a scarf on. In the car on the way home, she asked me if I had hair anymore. I told her we shaved it off and there was silence from the back seat. Later that night, she asked me to come over to where she was sitting on our couch. She asked me to take off the scarf so she could see. I did. She told me, oh, that's not as bad as I thought. You look pretty, and now I can really see your face. Cue the tears. Then she said, you don't have to cover your head here at home, but can you please continue to cover it when you pick me up from school? And I said, yes, of course I can. That was a little over a year ago, and now I sport a short pixie haircut. I continue to share my journey via social media, and while I have finished my active treatment, I still have a host of side effects from both chemo and long-term medicine I have to take. As well as medical bills, that still pile up, even with decent medical insurance. Though I have never posted specifically about our financial stress, I suppose people can assume it. A couple of months ago, I was called to serve jury duty. I posted something funny on Instagram about being bored and look at my cute outfit. People laughed and commented, but I never gave it a second thought. I ended up being released that day by the judge due to possible financial hardship. The next day, I received a message via Instagram from someone who only knows me through Instagram. We mutually follow each other and comment often in each other's posts. She asked me how jury... jury duty was going and I explained I had been released and why. Then she asked me if I had a PayPal account. I said yes and explained it was under my email address. I still wasn't sure why she was asking me but then 10 minutes later there was a very generous deposit made in my PayPal. I was in shock. She explained that every month she gives to a charity and this month she picked me. I mean wow right? Someone I don't even know? Basically a total stranger is giving me this amazing gift. That night, when Matthew got home, he was able to pay two bills that, without that money, 
we would not have paid those bills that night. Matthew was overwhelmed by emotion, as was I. Mo is her nickname, so that's how I'll refer to her. She lives across the country, so we exchanged phone numbers. I texted her about the payment of those bills and the unbelievable timing of that money and obviously thanked her profusely. The next day, she texted me asking if she and her coworker could set up a GoFundMe page for me and my family. And I was hesitant because I just didn't feel like things were that dire for us. Uh, Even though they are, I mean, we have a roof over our head and I'm still alive, right? She sort of insisted that I let somebody do something nice for me, saying anything you get is helpful, right? She was so right. So I sent her a few pictures and my story. The next day, the page was up with the most beautifully written story. I cried and just could not believe someone would want to do that for us. Mo and I have exchanged lots of text messages at this point. The page has been up for a little over a month and helped us get out of our hole little by little. Matthew, who can be a bit of a cynic, has had his faith in humanity restored, as have I. I would say 95% of the people who have donated do not know us. They just know Mo. And if she's going to support someone, then they will too. There are good people in this world, and social media can work in mysterious ways. I can't wait to hug Mo in person one day. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Telling my story has been a pleasure, and my hope is that in some way it will make others feel good. What have you learned about yourself from sharing this story? I have learned once again that sharing my story is incredibly therapeutic. While sharing, I even found new emotions that I had in regards to my journey. I think when you're going through anything, you sort of power through and do what you have to. At least that's what I did. While telling my story, I felt like I was telling someone else's story, therefore seeing it from a different place and acknowledging that what I went through was life-changing. What's your biggest dream? Wow, this is such a huge question to answer. In regard to this journey, my biggest dream is the day when cancer is so much in my rearview mirror that I can hardly remember what it was like when I'm happy with my new normal. In regards to a bigger picture, my biggest dream is to live a long and healthy life with my family and watch my children grow up to be incredible humans and to live each day like it's my last. Hey, my name is Laurel Brown, and this is my story. I'm a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, and a speaker of my truth. But it wasn't always this way. Growing up, I was insecure, anxious, driven by fear, ignorant, and always just wanting to fit in. My main mission in life seemed to be making sure other people liked me, which meant I was never actually me. Instead, I was always what other people wanted me to be or expected me to be. Yes, I could put a smile on my face and pretend to be that person who everyone else wanted, but deep down, I was lost. Life was passing me by. And moment after moment became a blur. The internal voice inside my head, which I now know was my ego, wanted so badly to suppress the pain I was feeling, which resulted in many bad choices. 
I began to self-medicate with alcohol and damage my body with cigarettes and poor food choices until I hit rock bottom. After splitting up with my fiancé in 2011, another man walked into my life. I did not know at the time that this relationship would ultimately change my life, but it did. And yes, we got married. Fast forward to my mid-twenties. I moved from the city I had lived in my entire life with my husband and my two beautiful young kiddos. I had no friends and didn't get out to socialize much, but I needed something to fill my time. So I decided to go back to university with the intention to become a social worker and decided that it was also time to start taking care of my body through physical exercise and nutrition. During my fitness journey, I learned a lot about self-care, specifically the impact of personal development books. This was really my first glimpse into personal development, and I started to read a lot. It was about a year later that I joined a network marketing company, which was totally out of my comfort zone, but something inside was telling me to go for it. I was a stay-at-home mom, I was in university through correspondence, so it just made sense for me to give it a go. I have to tell you, stepping outside of my comfort zone was incredibly scary and challenging. My good old friend Fear was right there beside me, and again, that need to, to gain acceptance from others was looming over me. I've learned so many valuable lessons through working in the online space. And the most important is to not hold judgment and to not be fearful of being judged. I remember being so scared to message this one friend about my products because I was terrified of her reaction. This girl didn't like me in high school and it went even further than that. She used to make fun of me. But I messaged her anyways. Hitting send on that Facebook conversation was nerve-wracking. But I did it anyways. And within a few minutes, I got a response from her. And to my surprise, she congratulated me on my new venture and told me she already uses the incredible products. This story stands out to me because it taught me that it was my fear that I was holding on to. It was my fear that was holding me back. And once I pushed through that fear, everything was just fine. Looking back, it's so funny how things work. I know everything that's happened to me was meant to happen. And everything in my life had led me to that point. And here's how I know. So when I joined this company, like I had said, I reached out to all my Facebook contacts, letting them know about my new venture. Another acquaintance of mine, Shannon, said kindly that she was not interested in what I had to offer. But this put us on each other's radar. She's an experienced yogi, a truly inspiration to all. And I started to really watch her on social media. I noticed that she was putting on a 10-day online meditation for free, which was to be held at 5 a.m. every day via Zoom. At this point in my life, I was not a spiritual person. To be honest, 
I had considered myself an atheist up to this point, but something deep down in my core wanted me to do this. So I thought to myself, what the heck, might as well give it a try. I'm getting emotional even thinking about this because those 10 days changed my life. I had the most profound and incredible meditation experiences. And keep in mind, I'd never meditated before. And I knew that this is what had been missing from my life. I finished those 10 days a new person. I started to learn about traditional yoga, about spirituality, and about inner work. And I ran with it. Now, I'm a personal development, self-growth, and soul-searching junkie. I'm confident, passionate, living each day with purpose and flow, and every day abundance and happiness surrounds me. I am truly living my life by design. I decided not to go back to school to become a social worker, and instead I'm taking a three-year traditional yoga studies course, a four-month immersion into spirituality, and I'm taking my yoga teacher training. But that's not all. Here's the second part of my story. So back at the end of November in 2017, I was in a meditation, and the thought came to me to share my journey of personal development. This is where inner evolution was born. And by January 1st, 2018, it had launched. I created a subscription box company that focuses on personal development, self-love, self-growth, and soul-searching. It features items such as books, journals, candles and crystals, healing tools, oils, jewelry, and even internal wellness products. All of these tools I have used to get to where I am today. I felt so compelled to take my subscribers on their own journey of personal development that I created this subscription box in a unique way. Each box is themed, starting with finding your why and going all the way to living your life in flow. My sole purpose in this world is to share my journey of personal transformation and make it accessible to all. If I can become the best version of myself, so can everyone else. My biggest lesson recently has been what I've learned about myself through sharing my story. I always knew that I wasn't alone, but sharing inner evolution and my story with the world really amplified awareness to the fact that we are all one. Just like the quote by an unknown author says, We are all one. Only egos, beliefs, and fear separate us. And that's exactly it. When it comes down to our universal being, our core self, we are all one. And when we share our story and share our journey, we can rise together in love and support one another. I dream that one day I'll be able to positively impact the world on a grander scale bringing light, hope, courage, and strength, and love to those who need it. So to conclude my story today, I want to leave you with three important things to remember about the journey of life and self 
growth. Number one, express gratitude every day. Number two, everything is temporary, even the pain. And number three, live your life through the lens of love. Satnam, my friends. This is Seek the Joy Podcast, the power of storytelling. Join us, share your story. For more information and to get involved, visit seekthejoypodcast.com. This series airs the third week of every month. And make sure to join us for Seek the Joy Tuesday. Until then, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for being here. And thank you for listening. Thank you.